Welcome to the Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much needed peace. Hi everyone, welcome to the Daily Dharma. In this episode, we're going to be going through two Zen Buddhist stories that illustrate that even when we feel we are fully in control and we know all the facts of a situation, life can still surprise us. And as a result, even masters will stumble and learn something new about the nature of life itself. Both of these stories come from the book, 101 Zen Buddhist Stories by Nyogen Sensaki. The first story is called Kasan Sweat. Kasan was a renowned Buddhist Zen teacher who was asked to officiate at the funeral of a provincial lord. He was new to this. He had never met lords and nobles before. So when he was asked to do so, he became very nervous. When it came to the day of the ceremony itself, he started to sweat profusely. Afterwards, when he had returned, he gathered his pupils together. He confessed that he wasn't ready yet to be a teacher because he lacked the sameness of bearing in the world of fame the world outside than what he had at the secluded temple he taught at. He then resigned and became a pupil of another master. Eight years later, he returned to his formal pupils, enlightened. Now, I think there's something deeply relatable about this story. Because what we're used to is just like Kassan's secluded temple. Everything is controlled, familiar. We know what's going to happen because we've seen it a million times. But the thing is, life never keeps anything the same. If anything, and of course this is a well-worn saying in Buddhism, life is impermanent. Everything in life is impermanent. So all the conditions that we can get used to over a day, over a year, over five years will change. But that doesn't mean that we should feel like we have missed something or made a mistake. In fact, when we realize that things are changing, that is due to heightened self-awareness. We're actually seeing things as they are, rather than failing to understand things as they were. The nature of the story, and I think the greatest lesson in the story that I feel that I'm taking away is that no matter how much you think you know something in one environment, it can feel completely different in another. As a result, even if you feel incredibly peaceful at home, you can feel very frustrated outside the house because the environment is different. Things are changing, and there are things, there are shifts, there are events 
that happen that you feel are completely beyond your control. But just like Kassan in this story, that doesn't mean that you're going to remain without that centered, balanced feeling forever. It just means you need time to understand what's going on and to recenter yourself. I remember a long time ago when all of a sudden, due to subway delays, it actually induced a panic attack. And I had never, ever experienced a panic attack in my life. And in processing that, I was very harsh on myself. I remember talking to a therapist and telling her, well, I'm always so calm in situations of crisis. I don't know what happened. I feel really disappointed in myself that I was unable to actually fester up that sense of level-headedness and calm that I usually am. And then she told me, no, a panic attack, what you experience, that level of shock, not being, not knowing what to do, that is not an abnormal reaction to such an unprecedented situation. You didn't know that was going to happen. So how could you anticipate how you were going to feel about it? And as a result, just by talking to me, she made me understand that instead of looking at my emotions or reactions or what I'm going through internally as something bad, it's just another facet of how I react to things, to unfamiliar situations. And I think that conversation, the assuaging of guilt, being able to let go of that disappointment helped me so much. And it was a, as a result, in the future, these days when I feel this high spike in anxiety, almost like a panic attack, I know to be gentle to myself. It's a natural reaction to a really difficult situation. And all it needs is time and care for your, from yourself, as well as just the energy to recenter, to find what's familiar, and to breathe a little bit to get back to normal. Now, the second story is a bit of a funny one, but I like it because even ourselves can be unfamiliar sometimes. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a way to understand what's going on within ourselves. This story is called The Subjugation of a Ghost. A young wife fell sick and was about to die. I love you so much, she told her husband. I don't want to leave you. Don't go from me to any other woman. If you do, I'll return as a ghost and cause you endless trouble. Soon, unfortunately, the wife passed away. The husband respected her last wish for the first three months, but then he met another woman and fell in love. They became engaged to be married. Immediately after the engagement, a ghost appeared every night to the man, 
blaming him for not keeping his promises. The ghost was clever too. She told him exactly what had transpired between him and his new sweetheart. Whenever he gave his fiancée a gift, the ghost would describe it in intense detail. She would even repeat the conversations, and it so annoyed the man that he could not sleep. Someone in his circle advised him to take his problem to a Zen master who lived nearby. At length and in despair, the poor man went to beg him for help. Your former wife became a ghost and knows everything you do, commented the Zen master. Whatever you do or say, whatever you give your beloved, she knows. Well, she must be a very wise ghost. Really, you should admire such a ghost. The next time she appears, bargain with her. Tell her that she knows so much you can hide nothing from her, and that if she will answer you one question, you promise to break your engagement and remain single. What's the question I have to ask her, inquired the man. The master replied, Take a large handful of soybeans and ask her exactly how many beans you hold in your hand. If she cannot tell you, you will know that she's simply a figment of your imagination and will trouble you no longer. The next night, when the ghost appeared to the man, he asked her and told her everything. Indeed, replied the ghost, I know you went to see the Zen master today. And since you know so much, demanded the man, tell me how many beans I hold in this hand. There was no longer any ghost to answer the question. Now, of course, whenever there is a ghost story in Buddhism, it's usually one that is accompanied by a lot of laughter and humor. Because in Buddhism, ghosts are not something to necessarily be afraid of. But rather, they're metaphors for what's haunting us, what we can't let go of, the things that keep us up at night. And again, this story is one that I think all of us can relate to. There are so many things that sometimes keep me up at night. These include my physical issues. Sometimes because I have stomach problems, I just can't sleep. And at other, other times, it's psychological. Sometimes I have these worries, these stressors that take up so much mental bandwidth that it's so difficult to relax. It's so difficult to sleep. But at times like that, it's important to look at your ghost in the face and to have a healthy conversation, just like the man in this story did. And to know, as much as you feel that this stressor, this ghost in your life may know everything, this ghost did not know how many soybeans he was holding. And as a result, we realize that no matter how big our demons, our ghosts, the things that bother us may feel and seem in the moment. When we really examine them, we realize they're a part of us 
And as a result, they could be understood, they can be acknowledged, and one day, they can fade away. We can let go of them. The messages, the voices, the feelings they carry are not permanent, and they don't define us, just as the ghost of this person's wife does not define him. He was able to let it go once he actually processed why it was bothering him and haunting him. Now, for all of us, I don't think we necessarily have an actual ghost in our lives. Rather, the ghost is a stressor in our head. But I think what we can glean is instead of trying to hide or worry or fret about the stress, to just speak to it and interact with it as directly as possible. Try to understand your stress instead of feeling guilty or angry at it. And know that it's not as wise, all-consuming, and permanent as you think it is. It is just like this ghost in the story. A passing feeling, sentiment, or phenomenon that with time, with compassion towards yourself, you will and can let go of. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope through these stories, you're able to see and feel that everyone stumbles and that is perfectly okay. In fact, stumbling is a natural part of life, no matter how much we feel we are masters. And acknowledging that is what makes us even wiser, balanced, and peaceful. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful and peaceful week ahead of you. Until next week.